Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's Word to which we draw our attention this morning is our Gospel reading for today from Luke chapter 10. I'll read again verses 41 and 42. Please rise as we hear these words. The Lord answered and told her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is needed. In fact, Mary has chosen that better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is God's word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Do you remember that 1991 movie, City Slickers? In that movie, it involved three men who were going through midlife crises of various uh, stages. And the main character, Mitch, he was really going through a tough time. He was so unhappy. He was unhappy at work. He was unhappy at home. He was just totally unhappy. And so his two best friends talk him into going on a cattle drive in New Mexico. And while they're on this cattle drive, Mitch got an opportunity to to spend an overnight with Curly, the rough and crusty trail boss. And they started talking, and and Curly was not known for talking a lot, but they started to, to talk about philosophical things. And Curly ended up talking about what the most important thing in life was. And he said, it's this one thing. And then he went on to explain that that you had to figure out for yourself what that one thing was and then stick to it. Now, on the surface, that piece of advice has certain elements of truth to it. Is it up to us, though, to figure out everything that's important to us and and go through and figure out, well, what is the one thing that's important to us? Wouldn't I have something perhaps different from what you would have as your choice of your number one? In the gospel reading this morning, we're going to see that there is one thing that is the most important for all of us. And in fact, for anybody in the entire world, Jesus puts it in terms of one part being better than another. In essence, he says that God's word is the better part. Now, we don't know exactly when this interaction with Mary and Martha took place. We know that Jesus was friends with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, their brother. We know from the rest of the Gospels that they lived in Bethany, which was a village close to Jerusalem. We know eventually Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And we also can determine that based on how many people came to mourn Lazarus' death, that that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were well-known and well-liked in their community. So Jesus had been invited to stay with this family. and, And Martha, she takes on the role of hostess, and she takes it pretty seriously. Well, maybe that's an understatement. It, it talks about her being distracted, she, that she was so distracted with all of her preparations. But in a way, can you blame her? Martha knew who Jesus was. She knew that he was the Savior. She believed in him. 
as her Savior. She calls him Lord. And so, in a way, it's understandable that Martha would want to do everything that she could to make sure that Jesus was comfortable, to make sure that he had a a nice meal prepared for him, and that he was welcomed into their home in in a great manner. She simply wanted to show her love for and her respect for her Savior. So we don't necessarily want to be too hard on Martha because she really wasn't doing anything that was terribly wrong. And then there was Mary. Mary, who apparently wasn't wasn't even lifting a finger to help Martha with all of her hostessing duties. She was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to what Jesus said. So if you were Martha... Would you perhaps be a little bit miffed at your sister for abandoning you with all of the hostessing duties? Maybe we can picture Martha coming through and and maybe trying to make eye contact with Mary and give her some some nonverbal hints to to come and help her with, with her work. But instead she asks Jesus to tell Mary to help her with her duties. What Martha didn't realize is that Jesus didn't need to be served. Now, that might sound a little odd because I just said it it would make sense and perhaps it would be even admirable for Martha to want to serve her Savior, Jesus. But we have to remember why Jesus came into this world in the first place. He makes it very clear in Mark chapter 10 when he says... That the Son of Man, that's Jesus, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus still serves us today the same way in which he was serving Mary. When Martha asked Jesus to get Mary to help her, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things One thing is needed. Mary has chosen that better part. One thing. God's word, the very word that Jesus is speaking to Mary. The word that he speaks to us every time that that we hear or read the Bible. What's so special about that word? What makes it the one thing, the one thing that is needed, the only thing that's needed? Well, what does God's word do? Well, it cuts through all of the the busyness and hectic life that we live in and focuses us on Jesus. It tells us and it shows us again and again that Jesus came to this world to live as our substitute, to fulfill every single one of God's laws in our place. And it tells us and it shows us again and again that Jesus went to the cross to die as our substitute. His life for ours. His life to pay the price we owed to God because of our sins. So that we don't have to die. And what's even more special about God's word is that it doesn't just tell us about these things. It's not like just a book giving us all sorts of information. It also gives us the benefit of what Jesus did for us. 
In Romans chapter 10, Paul says, Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message comes through the word of Christ. Everything that Jesus did for us, we receive by faith through trusting in him as our Savior. And that faith comes from God's word. It's worked in us by God's word. So in the ultimate sense, yes, God's word is the only thing that we need. That's one of the main reasons why we come to worship, to hear God's word, to receive God himself, to receive Jesus in the supper that he's prepared for us. And yes, it's pretty easy not to take the time to come and and hear God's word. You all have relatively busy lives, right? Or other things that you could be doing instead of coming to worship. It would be much easier to skip getting up in the morning and trying to get ready to go to church, get the whole family ready to go to church, to make that drive, however long it may be, to get here, to take a pass on. It would be easier to take a pass on on sitting through an hour-long service. Just think of all of the other things that you could be doing instead of being here in church. You could be getting more sleep. You could be getting things done around the house that that you hadn't been able to get done during the week. You could be preparing your house for company. There's all kinds of things that you could be doing. But you are here. And that is great. Seriously. But before you go and pat yourself on the back too much for that, who is it that really deserves the credit? Paul says in Philippians 2, It is God who is working in you, both to will and to work, for the sake of his good pleasure. In addition, who is it that forgives you for all of the times that that you are not here for selfish reasons? Again, it's God. God for the sake of Jesus. And then God is the one who motivates you to come here on a Sunday. To hear his word. God, God's word that is truly the better part. And that better part is what Mary had chosen on that day that Jesus had come to visit Mary and Martha. She sat attentively at Jesus' feet, hanging on every word that Jesus was speaking. Because it wasn't just any word. It was his word. It was God's word. And that word brought life, true life, life now and life forever. And it brings fulfillment, true fulfillment that can't be gained anywhere else. Do we always seek fulfillment in God's word alone? If we're honest with ourselves, we have to say no. There are so many invitations that inundate us, that tell us, All of these other things that that can bring us fulfillment in our lives. We're told that fulfillment comes when when you find something that you are passionate about. And and you pursue it regardless of, of cost. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a hobby. But eventually that job... Starts to, starts to lose a little bit of its luster, perhaps. Maybe you just go to your job because you have to, not because you want to. 
And that hobby that was so exciting at first, well, you start to lose a little bit of motivation and energy to, to follow through with that hobby. And, and that shiny new equipment that you got for that hobby, it's sitting in the corner of the garage gathering dust. Or maybe we're told that you can gain fulfillment through serving in the community, volunteering for some worthy project. And so you throw yourself into that, and it does the trick for a while, but eventually you start to get a little bit tired of it. You don't see any results all of the time, and and you start to wonder, well, what's in it for me? Or maybe you seek fulfillment through a relationship. Take marriage as an example. When you first decided that that special someone was the one, you were so smitten that you were willing to overlook all kinds of faults. But eventually those faults start to become annoyances. And then those annoyances grow into aggravations. And you start to wonder, well, what am I getting out of this relationship? How am I being fulfilled in this relationship? And maybe... You even contemplated the D word. God's word, the better part, does not disappoint. It never fails to fulfill us. Listen again to what Jesus told Martha. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. In other words, you are seeking fulfillment in all kinds of different ways. But one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that better part, which will not be taken away from her. I want us to think about those last words for just a moment. Which will not be taken away from her. Jesus is not going anywhere. His word is not going anywhere. This life, this physical life, is going somewhere. Everything in this world, this physical life, is going to go away. It's temporary. It will not last. Jesus says in Matthew 24, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything in this world can't bring relate or can't bring fulfillment. It doesn't matter what it is, our relationships, our jobs. It's only God's word that can bring true fulfillment to our lives. Jesus isn't going anywhere. His word is not going anywhere. When we come here for worship, what do we hear? We hear Jesus' word. We hear it in the liturgy. We hear it in the, in the lessons. We hear it in the sermon. We see it and feel it in baptism. We see it and taste it in the supper. And that word works powerfully in us. When we hear Jesus' word, he confronts us with the fact that we have sinfully sought fulfillment in all kinds of different ways, none of which center on him. And he tells us that these sins and and all of the other sins that we commit deserve death, eternal death from him. But then he keeps speaking. He keeps telling us that he has come to this world to bring true fulfillment to us. That he has come to to live and die so that our sins are taken away as far as the east is from the west. He tells us, your sins are forgiven. You have life. You have 
true life now and forever. Isn't that why you keep coming to hear Jesus speak? Every time that you listen to Jesus in his word, you're like Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, focused on on what he's saying and not on all the uh, hustle and bustle that's going on around you. By the grace of Jesus, you keep choosing the better part. You keep listening to Jesus. Now, before I close, I have to make mention again of the name of the village where Jesus was with Mary and Martha. Bethany. We know that name pretty well. Bethany is the name of our Synod's College up in Mankato. And the motto of the college is, One Thing Needful. It comes from this passage. And there's even a group of singers on campus, female singers that are called the Mary Martha Singers. And of course, here we sit in Bethany Lutheran Church. Now, I can't say I don't have first-hand knowledge as to why the founders of this church chose that name. But if I had to guess, it would be because of their, their love for and their dedication to God's Word. You see, that's really what this passage in Luke is all about. It's not about whether you should be more like Martha or more like Mary. It's about God's Word. God's Word that is the better part. And it is always the better part. Amen.